You're listening to the Teach Collab podcast. My name is Rob O'Connor from the Waterford Institute of Technology in the southeast of Ireland. And this podcast series is tracking Teach Colab, a transnational global health and education project. In this episode, we're going to discuss what Teach Colab is, who's involved, and why it's important. Today, we have Jody Early from the University of Washington Bothell and Neve Murphy from Waterford Institute of Technology, essentially the co leads of the project. How are you? Hi, Rob. How's it going? Hi, everyone. It's uh, morning over here and it's afternoon over there. So good afternoon to you. I know. Thanks to the wonders of technology, we're able to put this together and it almost sounds like we're in the same room. So I'll begin by asking a very broad question. What is Teach Colab? Jody, maybe you might take it first. Well, our Teach Colab, it stands for Transnational Education and Community Health Collaborative. And it's really a, uh, a hub uh, for faculty, for students, for community partners to come together in an interdisciplinary way uh, to, to really explore, uh, to explore innovative pedagogy, but also to experience and to, to, to create cultural learning experiences uh, that prepare health professionals to practice in a diverse and global society. And that's really what our original mission was. But I believe, you know, at, over time, what we've seen is we can expand that beyond just health professionals, I think professionals in general. So as we become more interdisciplinary, I think what we've realized is a lot of what we're discussing and the skills that we are trying to, to gain ourselves and, and help our students gain, it goes beyond just the health sciences. Yeah, and I might come in there actually as well. Um, it's interesting because it sounds like a really fancy name, Transnational Education and Community Health Collaborative. Um, I'd, I'd love everybody to believe that we actually started out with that name and that we built it from there. But actually, the whole thing started quite organically, didn't it, um, Jody? It started actually way back in 2017. Jody and I, we actually met virtually. Um, neither of us were in the same room, um, but we, we connected straight away and we started to talk about common areas of pedagogy and the, the type of work that we were doing outside of the classroom as well as inside. And both of us were really driven by our links to community-based organisations. And we both kind of passionately felt that many of the things that we were trying, many of the competencies that we were trying to develop in our students were things that went way beyond the classroom and way beyond our specific disciplines. So we said, you know, wouldn't it be great if we could connect with each other first, um, you know, and have this kind of international classroom? And then wouldn't it be great if we could expand, expand out a bit into the community, into other disciplines? So it really, really started very organically and in a very small way. And, and we built it kind of from there. Yeah, something else I would add to that. I think the other thing that connected Neve and I were the work that we're doing in our communities on two different continents and how similar it was. In fact, our colleagues really matched did some matchmaking because I wasn't even physically in Waterford. My colleague was, 
And they, they learned about the work that NEEP was, was doing, uh, community-engaged work uh, with the traveler community um, and using sports to engage community. And here I am uh, here in Seattle, Washington, working primarily with Latinx communities. And I think one of the things that in our first conversation, Neve, we talked about is the need to really um, create experiences that closely match the skills and uh, the knowledge base that our students need to practice in this and to tackle complex problems in a really global society. And we also found that, you know, our, our, uh, our goals were aligned with some of our national in Ireland, as well as the United States, uh, some of the, the goals that our academies of science and education have, and medicine for that matter, in relation to preparing individuals to work in teams and across disciplines and sectors to really you know, tackle some of these complex public health problems. So you mentioned the goals. So what are those goals? And how do the goals of Teach Cola match up with your own organizational goals? Um, well, we had, we tried, we sat down. First, we kind of talked very, you know, just we talked and talked actually for ages. And so when we when we came to sort of write a mission statement or to to, to define our goals, what we, we talked about was that, that our mission, our overall aim, our goal was to try and apply um, interdisciplinary and community-engaged uh, methods of inquiry and to, to think about innovative ways, using innovative pedagogy, that we could connect people. So what was really interesting was that we had kicked this off long before COVID hit. So we were already trying to think about how you would use digital, um, the digital space to try and connect students and to be innovative online. So we, we were very, very fortunate in that because we it put us in good stead then when COVID did hit and we were all forced to, to work um, online in the way that we did. So we were we were very, very lucky, I think. So that was very much our, our, our sort of mission. It was about interdisciplinarity, community-engaged methods of inquiries using digital technologies um, to prepare health professionals. So the, the core bits of that were the international classroom, kind of trying to transform our pedagogy, connecting our community partners and having global cross-curricular themes that we could try and link people into. You know, Neve says uh, a key word here is connect and connect in so many different ways, not just through the technology, but one thing that I know we've been interested in is how do you foster empathy and, you know, how do you, how do you use technology, which can be a two-edged a two sword? You know, technology can really distance us as a humankind. Um, you know, more people are, are surfing their phones and their, the internet and doing less conversing. I don't know if you've seen that with your students, but definitely with our students, it's almost like people need to learn how to engage with one another and so, you know, how can we use this technology to actually bring people together? It's a huge, I think that was a, you know, it's always been sort of a quest in my teaching because technology has been a key piece of that uh, for over almost two decades now. And so this is just another challenge for us. You know, I, how do we bring people together and cross-culturally, how do we do that? Um, so I think that's a, a quest. To me, as a sort, a, a, as a sort of a, a 
an interested outsider, essentially, because I'm not a healthcare professional or, or, or in that field. What I hear, though, is at the heart of it is communication. W- would I be correct in that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I definitely, Rob, definitely. And, you know, and I even go back and start to reflect now on how we started Teach Colab in the first place. I mean, Jodie and I met virtually, we met online initially. But we were very lucky, I think, Jodie, to make that personal connection after that and to start to really get a chance to understand each other's uh, working environment and understand each other and where we were coming from and so on. So the connection bit was absolutely crucial. And this was enabled. We, when we started out, we didn't have any funding or we didn't have any, you know, anything to, to, to kind of bed us down. Um, so we were very fortunate in Ireland, the, the HEA Mobility Fund, uh, they, they have a, a grant. And what happened was we applied for that and we were lucky to get that in 2018. And that enabled a small group of us from WIT to travel over to uh, the University of Washington, Bothell. And then we met Jodie and her team over there. And we got to see the campus, we got to meet the students, and we saw even more so that, that, that there were similarities. We already felt it between ourselves, but we really, really got to, to understand it much more. And I do think that was crucial, didn't it, Jodie? What would you feel about that? Oh, 100%, 100%. And I too, when I traveled to Waterford with colleague and um, was able to meet the students there, see the campus, and also meet your community partners, I just saw so many similarities. And so it's good to have that information, right, to bring to back into our classrooms here and to understand a little bit better about, you know, how do we make these experiences work? Work for you, you're on a different system in terms of your terms, we're on a different terms. But I do feel like it's the heart of our work is that connection and it you know, we're a bunch of people doing this because we're passionate about it. And I think that mm. sort of um, synergy and that energy attracts other people who are also, you know, giving up, giving up sometimes weekends or whatever it is to, or, or evenings, um, evenings at your end and early mornings on my end to make this work. So I think there's that, that commonality uh, with us. And then I, I think also the students that are attracted to this, have this desire to connect in ways that they haven't before. Yeah, I think that is important. And, you know, this is just, it's an extra. It's not something that either of us have hours for or anything like that. So we're doing it because we're really interested and because we're really, it's really fun. It's brilliant fun as well. Mm. I know our students, the connection between the two groups of students has been such good fun. Um, and, you know, we've really it's really been built organically. So that first those first meetings in both directions, what we did then we said, OK, we know there's a proper connection here because I'm sure other staff members will have experience of maybe, you know, connecting with groups in other parts of the world in, in, in the past. And, you know, for the for lots of different reasons, things don't get sustained. But this has been sustained and I, I firmly believe it will be sustained well into the future. And we've had a, we've had a, you know, a, a kind of a, a passion for it and a, a real, there's an energy around it. Um, and, you know, we have since applied for other pieces of funding. When, when you mentioned about the students getting together or the students working together, could you give me an example as to what that actually involved? Sure, I'll give you one. So one of um, one of the classes that one of the first courses that we worked together on, 
And when I say course, one of the things I want to clarify as well, what we've learned working together is that, you know, because our terms don't necessarily align exactly, we will be able to do some planning, which is key, but planning on what sort of activity or project could work for one or more courses and have our students connect for perhaps a shorter period of time than an entire class. So I think some, some faculty who are interested in this are, might be hesitant thinking, I can't do a whole class, you know, engaging with another class because we have too much to do. But we have actually been able to figure out where can we intersect. So one of those spaces was actually around health communication. And so uh, I taught a class on health communication that is a, a community-based project working with a community partner, trying to create a tailored campaign around a particular health issue that that community partner tackles. And likewise, I was actually able to work with uh, Jenny O'Connor, who was teaching a communications course uh, there in Waterford. And her background is actually English and, and film. And so getting to work with someone who brings in that added perspective just made it more fun. And so our students had pretty similar challenge in that there in Waterford, they were working with a community partner on uh, specifically on a smarter travel campaign. And our students, uh, different problem, but same task was working with a clinic uh, here, public health clinic, trying to tackle this issue of all things, uh, sexually transmitted infections. But the process by which the students got to know the, the audience um, the skills they developed around different techniques of, of media production, and then what we call the sticky message or the slogan, being able to share that with each other. It was quite fun. And uh, Jenny's, Jenny, I believe her class was honored by that community partner for the work that we did. And our students created these bus banners that are, that the community organization was able to just, you know, pick a few winners. So these are tangible things that we that our students help to create and create together and learn a little bit more about, you know, some of the issues on both sides of the pond, so to speak. So that was one of our first examples. Neve, I know you have an example that you can share that's that's recent as well. Yeah. Um just as Jody said, you know, it, it, it sometimes is too big an under, undertaking to do an entire course or module uh, and share that. So we, we've been using COIL, Collaborative Online International Learning. We learned a lot from the University of Washington and from some great people over there who shared their expertise um, and learned lots of things which we've then been able to share with other staff and WIT and also embed in our modules. Absolute godsend when, when, when COVID uh, hit. But um, yes, I was teaching a public health course with fourth year uh, health promotion students and also Andrea Stone over at the over in Bothell was teaching uh, a course and so we connected and we got both groups of students to try to understand the healthcare systems in each other's countries and we used Padlet and other communication tools and it was amazing the students really got stuck into it and shared insights on their own personal experiences of the health systems in both countries as well as the sort of facts and figures and so on so it worked incredibly well um, and the good thing about this is that it, it's kind of different every time. It depends on the group of students that, that are engaged. Mm. And, you know, so it's, 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 a, it's as much about the connection and their reactions to each other as it is about the content, you know, the, the boring content um, that I might give them. So um, Andrea and I have really enjoyed that as well. 
we hope to do it again this year. So again, what I'm hearing there is it's 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 communication. I I don't mean to be reductive, but when it comes back to it, if if we have learned we and I say we, I mean global societies have learned anything from COVID, it's that clear communication is incredibly important. And when there isn't clear communication, particularly around health and policy and things like that, things go awry. And that's that seems to be a global phenomenon. Now, I know we're not we're, we're talking about a global pandemic. We're talking about much more lower stakes. And I'm using air quotes because nobody can see me because it's a podcast. Lower stakes issues about, you know, STIs or, or smarter travel. Obviously, very, very real and very, very relevant to the people who it affects. But it's still there's the same philosophy guiding it. It's about clear messaging, um, not talking down to people. You talked about sticky messaging, Jody. I know the sticky. It's not about sloganism, but it's about having a message that resonates, perhaps. And this is what yes. I'm hearing from 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 your description, Jody. Yeah. Yes, Rob. I think you're you're right on. That's exactly right. And communication, and also importance of cross cultural communication mm. and understanding. We have at the University of Washington in Bothell our students are primarily students of color. They are largely first-generation students, and I know that that also is is largely the Waterford students as well. So we have great diversity. And even within our classroom uh, here in, in, in Bothell, we could have up to 17 different languages spoken in one classroom. And that brings a lot of diversity to these issues. So when you're talking about something like sexually transmitted infections, how does that resonate, right, with with a student who comes from a perhaps a, a culture or community where those things are not discussed? Mm. So we get to unpack a lot of that, and I think we engage with each other. Our, our students can also bring that sort of, of skill of listening and having some. Um, just getting to understand that as professionals, no matter if you're in health or outside of health, how do you come to really understand those that you are hoping to serve and to work work with? And so those skills that we sort of develop at the micro level, I think helping them use those in a wider capacity and with the students at Waterford, for example, we learn from each other. So culturally, I think that's also a key is this cultural uh, understanding and, and gaining um, just, I think, the, the main thesis that being that we're more connected as individuals than we think we are. And I think for our staff and our faculty as well, we've learned, we've, we've come to learn that as well, just in trying to figure out, for example, struggles with their own technologies and what are the best ways of doing things. We're able to share that as well as, oh, gee, how is the pandemic affecting you on your end, in your classrooms and at, in your homes? So this has been a great opportunity to not only strengthen communication, but to, to strengthen this, to maybe widen our global perspective as well. As well as maybe recognizing the commonalities and, and, and the things that are shared between the students in Waterford or the students in Bothell. Have you noticed many differences? Any interesting ones that maybe kind of, oh, that's that's worth a discussion or that's worth exploring. Jody, you're nodding there. 
Well, I'll let Neve tell this story because we visited Neve's classroom when I was in, in Waterford with my colleague and we came and she asked us, I think the discussion led us to talk about the differences in the healthcare system. And Neve, do you want, do you remember that day? Well, you, you, you go on, you, t- you tell us, you tell it, Judy. <laughs> well, we were just, I mean, just watching students just sort of stare with the, in sort of amazement and, and shake their heads about, you know, how here in our country, um, we have people, you know, living in poverty because they cannot pay, you know, medical bills or they can't access things that seem perhaps quite commonplace in Ireland. So, wow, just to look across and to see sort of these eyes that were in amazement about, wow, you know, these bills, when we start to talk about financing our healthcare system here, I think students were really surprised at that the students in Ireland. And I think likewise, our students would be shocked to go to, into, you know, to a facility and not have to worry about what kind of insurance they had. So, you see, I, I, I think sometimes it's easy to see all the things that are wrong with our system. You know, our healthcare yeah. system, people are always given out about the healthcare system mm-hmm. in Ireland. But we don't realize, actually, that universal access for everyone Yes, you might have to wait. And, you know, there are it's not perfect, not by a long shot. But we forget that with things like the amount of maternity leave. It's not just the health system. So we know mm. that with health, it's, you know, in fact, it's things outside of the health system that are the biggest influence on in our health. So things like um, employment law or uh, the amount of maternity leave that you get, all of these things were just you know, eye-opening to, to people were going, what? On both sides, couldn't believe each other's uh, systems and didn't really understand or didn't realise this uh, in advance. And one thing that I noticed as well, I, I really noticed the diversity in Jodie's classroom when I went over and the very, the richness of that. And for our students, that was, was wonderful as well. They got exposed to lots of different perspectives that maybe they wouldn't have been exposed to in the Irish classroom. Um, so some of our groups have you know, a lot of diversity in some groups, but not in others. So it varies a lot. So um, that was great as well. Yeah, I think, too, Neve, what I, what I will add, too, is just the history. You know, one of the things I will say that it's really important in trying to do something like this with our classrooms and our faculty is to understand, have some context of history. And there are students in our class, although they come from different parts of the world, who could resonate with what it would be to live under occupation or have a history of colonialism, for example. And once, you know, the commonality of, wow, you know, we share a similar type of history, uh, although it doesn't look like we do, you know, yeah. that, that I think is also profound. Yeah, and I think, you know, um, other members of the team, Megan, who's over in um, in, in Bottle, and also uh, Paula Carroll in Waterford, they they co-taught a really interesting module as well. It's all, it was about, you know, gender approaches um, or gen- gender perspectives. Um, and at the time, the marriage equality referendum was happening here in Ireland. That was fascinating. So, you know, the whole history of that uh, it's it fascinating. Um, so there was loads of very, very, very rich discussions that happened there. And also one of the things we really began to see then was that Jenny, who teaches Jenny O'Connor teaching on, on a humanities course, that, the, you know, that we can look at these sorts of issues from lots of different perspectives um, through 
through plays or through literature and film and the uh, representation. So I had never done it before, but I, I start I used a film club for the first time in one of my modules. Um, so that, you know, those kinds of things are really um, energizing when you're a lecturer, you know, to try mm. just try something different and hopefully good fun for the students as well. I mean, again, OK, I'm not trying to beat the drum about communication, but an awful lot of what you're describing is almost intangible because it's that subtle it's that subtle thing about dialogue and opening yourself up to ideas. And it's not saying, oh, I'm wrong and you're right. It's that there's a continuum of of ideas that are maybe compatible with each other or incompatible with each other, depending on where you go. Mm. And maybe I can take a little bit from here and a little bit from there. And, oh, that's interesting. I had never thought of that, that you guys are doing over there. And I don't mean othering either. Um, I'm, I'm very mindful of that. Uh, you know, and what you say, Neve, about seeing different diverse groups in Jody's class that maybe we don't see as much of in Ireland, you know, students tend to be for more homogenous groups, although that is changing. Um, I, I, I find all that stuff fascinating as, again, as a kind of a, an interested outsider. Yeah. And one of the things I think about Teach Colab, and we've kind of developed this and realized this as we've gone, is that there is there is a you know capacity building of staff that needs to happen alongside all of this. So it's scary first when you go into this. And we've started to expand it now in Ireland. The, the National Forum for the Enhancement of Teaching and Learning um, have funded all of the institutes of technology and indeed all the universities in Ireland um, around, you know, uh, capacity building. And in our school, School of Health Sciences, um, Teach Colab has been the thing that we've adopted. So that's been great because that allowed us then to do to share more of what we've been learning. So um, several members of staff undertook specialist training in digital storytelling which is exactly that, different ways of communicating some of these stories and messages and so on. And that's been great. Uh, some Several members of staff from the school, from the Department of Nursing and also the Department of um, Sport and Exercise Sciences took part in, um, we, we did podcasting work with you, Rob. We did, took mm. part in the Teaching Online 101 course with the University of Washington. We were so lucky. That was just before COVID hit. So there were so many things that we've been, we've been managing to expand the net and bring more staff in and, you know, let people just get curious about things. And, you know, it's it's really good fun. That's That would be, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking about when you talk about the Teaching Online course, I think there's many people across WIT who may not realize that they've been influenced by that course because there was a bunch of you did it and then we i learned some lessons from those courses jenny did it because we're married uh, but then that that spread out to many many other people and there's loads of people in the department of computing and mathematics who have nothing to do with teach colab but have been influenced by by work that was done uh, or, or lessons learned from that course and i mean it couldn't have come at a better time really <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it, and you know what? That was all sharing, all yeah. you know, sharing on. And if I go right back to the very beginning, it was Penn 
in the, in your center, what you call your center there, Jody, over in university, the digital learning and innovation. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So we had met some of the staff over there when we were there, and then Jody connected us with Penn, who was wonderful, and you know, and and we were we originally it was we were going to try and you know see could we take part together, and they they were so generous with us, and we learned loads from it, and then we we did little seminars back in WIT and shared it with other staff, and so it, it's lovely to see how things can grow organically like that. Um, and you know, Jenny was great because she made her little digital stories about it and that really connected people. So one of the things we've really learned is that it doesn't have to be perfect, but you mm. do need to create the conditions for people to be able to share and communicate and all of those things. Um, but it doesn't have to be, you know, absolutely perfect um, as this podcast isn't. But, you know, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's the first uh, first little steps. And God, we've got a little bit braver, maybe just trying to. Let's give it a whirl and let's try and learn from the bits that go wrong as well as the bits that go right. Yeah, that's all about learning. Right. To, to close up then, what would the plans be for Teach Colab, say, in the next 12 months? OK, I know it must be difficult to make plans because of COVID. OK, but let's say conditions went your way. Yeah, we've made loads of plans, actually. Yeah, we have. <laughs> yeah. Jody, do you want to kick off? Sure. So one of the things that we're we're engaging in right now is actually to create a fully online course that's uh, really anchored in global perspectives on health, social justice, and human rights. And we have a lot of our. I think our. I think I our attendance at our last meeting was was close to twelve. I don't know if we'll end up with that many faculty engaged, but um, so we're going to be, you know, pulling together a fully online course that our students could could participate in and our faculty is something that we'll continue to use and to grow as our team continues to work together. And our idea too is to also have our students uh, you know, come physically to Ireland and then for Irish students to come to here physically to the United States and I'll let Neve if you want to talk about that. Yeah. So what we did was we applied to the Erasmus Plus program. So we got turned down the first year and we improved our uh, our application. We got some good feedback. We improved that and we were successful the second year and we were successful the third year. Now, COVID got in the way a little bit, we're, but we're going to have our first group of students going in both directions in 2022. And when they go abroad, they're going to be working with our community partners. So that this we're really excited about this. And I think it'll be an absolutely wonderful experience for our students. And we've kind of plans that the students will connect with each other as well as, you know, go go to each other's countries, but that they'll meet each other and do some online work and share it with other students. So that's that's one thing that's happening. Another further thing that's happening is, again, with the National Forum for Teaching and Learning or funded by that, is more work on student engagement because of mm. COVID and it's been really hard for students. And we're, we have some plans uh, there that we're going to really try and work on Teach Collab. And I suppose the third, the last one is probably to try and expand the net a little bit more, encourage more staff to say, come on, come, come and see what we're doing. Come and see would you like to do to engage even in one little tiny bit of it and try and help people along the way a little bit on that. A fourth thing I'm thinking about is just that we have as a collective gained so much, uh, I think, knowledge and experience around digital technologies and communication that we've almost really uh, become a lab of sorts in, in being able to share with each other how we're using these technologies and teaching those technologies to our students. 
So Rob, you mentioned this ripple effect, and I think we can create together these, um, you know, these actually informational, educational sort of uh, products, if you will. I hate to use that, but um, they are producing tangible things, and we can share those out with the with the global community, whether it is through our website, through podcasts that we create, or even at you know conferences, scholarly mm. conferences. So there's that element of creation as well. I know that I think that word product or content, it sounds so industrial and, and, and cold, but yeah. I, 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 to be honest with you, I can't think of a better word without getting, or a better term without, <laughs> you know, going off down a, a, a very hipster route, which is probably not helpful. Um, yeah. Right, so I, I think we leave it there because what we kind of kicked off now, we've described what the Teach Colab project is, talked about who some of the people that are involved, why it's important, why it's important for us, but also why it's important for the students and the value that they can get out of it as well. If you want to be kind of selfish out of it, you know, selfish about what's in this for me. Well, you know, you might learn something and you might be exposed to some different ideas and meet some interesting people and you never know where that can lead. Um, we're going to follow up this podcast with some other podcasts around Teach Colab focusing on some of the more discrete elements. I know we're going to do one on digital storytelling soon and we'll pick up as we go with each little iteration along the way. Uh, so, Thank you to Neve. Thank you to Jody for talking today. If you want to find out more about the project, teachcolab.org is the website. Uh, or you can find Neve Murphy on the Waterford Institute of Technology website, and you can find Jody Early on the University of Washington website very, very easily as well. So, folks, thank you very much for your time. Thanks a million, Rob. Thank you. Rob. Enjoy your day, Jody. You too.